Hello, hello, and welcome to Behind the Mic, Conversations of Hope. I'm your host, Mike Stone. Hey, I want to thank you for joining us. You know, most of us are more broken than we want to admit. So the purpose of this podcast is really just to introduce you to people along their journeys, people who have stories that will encourage you, inspire you, keep you moving when you just want to give up, and, you know, just to get back up when life knocks you down. Today's guests have one of those stories. I met him about a month ago at a Casting Crowns concert in Irvine, California. He had just finished his set, and I was instantly a fan of singer-songwriter, contemporary Christian music artist, Jamie Kimmett. Hey, mate, how you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank uh, you. you. You've taken some time out of your schedule because you have a guest with you, and this is a surprise for me. And uh, we'll, we'll talk more to her in a little bit. Let's, let's get something out of the way here first, though. You've, you've said hello. Yes, there's an accent. Yes. <laughs> so oh. I'm, I'm from a small town in Scotland called Kilmarnock. Um, I usually tell people Glasgow just to keep it simple because yeah. most people have heard of Glasgow, but basically the west coast of Scotland. Yeah. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to confess something here. We, when we met in Irvine, the next night yes. we were going to San Diego. You guys were on the bus. I got the luxury of a hotel. But when I got to the hotel, I did some... Uh, uh, what would you call it? Um, creeping, maybe, on your website? <laughs> and I, I wanted to find out who some you research, were. Some research. Research. That's what it was. I was doing research on Jamie Kimmett, and I, and I, wanted, to, um, I wanted to find out more about you. And, and it was at that point that I knew I really wanted you on this podcast because I was captivated by just the story that was on your, on your bio. It's quite a story. Oh, it is. It's it amazing. Is. So right now, you, you're wrapping up a 22-city tour yes. with Casting Crowns. Casting Crowns, yeah. How's that? It's honestly, it's, it's one of those things. So I, I um, everybody who's in Christian music wants to get on a tour with Casting Crowns <laughs> because of the audience they have, but also because the, the, the hearts that they have for ministry. Yeah. And so it's, um, I met Mark a year ago at CMB, a conference down in, in Florida, Orlando. And it was um, kind of just a... We were actually at a roller skate disco. Uh, the record label put on these themed discos and we were the only ones that weren't skating. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Mark and I were just stood at the side because we were too concerned. We didn't want to fall over. That's, a, that's probably a good thing. Yeah. And so yeah. we struck up a conversation. He invited me to his church because um, he's a youth pastor Yeah, to, to speak to the youth and to lead the music. And things just kind of went from there. And, and I got a phone call. They invited me on to the, their fall tour. So their autumn tour. So that was just such a blessing. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I have to say, I, you know, I've, I've been with them uh, in the past and, and heard lots of people. And when I first heard your voice, I was actually warned by uh, Mark's kids that, in fact, John Michael is, is your bass player. He's playing bass, uh, that's on right. On that set. And, and yeah. I, I was just blown away by your voice. And then to find out that you, along with some help, we'll talk about that, yes. um, wrote those songs. And so very, very cool. So the night in, I have to, I just have to say this because I, I've done a little research on this too. The night that we were in San Diego, you sat down and had dinner with us. And, and I asked you, Jamie, if, if we were in Scotland, what would be on the menu? And you said, I probably said haggis. You did. If I remember. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you did. Do you know what haggis is? 
You know, all I know is it's not something that we would want to eat. How am I, I'm trying to say this nicely. You want to eat it before. We wouldn't want to eat that you in You want the to US. know what it is after you eat it. After, that's right. Yes. Yeah. After we eat it. But so, I would also say, I would also say fish and chips. So yeah, yeah. fish and chips is, is quite a famous, it's a British thing, but particularly in Scotland, we've got yeah. really good fish and chips. Well, and, and I'll be honest, I looked it up and I found out what was in haggis Yeah, and, and I can't really knock it until I've tried it. Right. Yes. And so, but the thing that disturbed me was on Wikipedia. It, it's called it a savory pudding. That's not it's what called I, a savory pudding. Savory pudding. And I don't know about you, but my my mind goes to like chocolate pudding, vanilla pudding, banana, and, yeah. and I don't compare well, anything. Well, it's, it's well, I would say it's not a dessert. It's not a dessert. It's not that's a exactly, dessert. and that's no, what kind of turned dessert. me off. But to, to to be fair, the next time I see you, I will have had haggis. And, and I will give you my opinion. Of well, it. I don't know if it's legal in some states over here. So it, it's not the, the long part. Uh, so you, you can look this up if yeah. you're listening. I don't want to gross anybody out, but you can look it up. Okay. The long part, I think, is illegal in the U.S. It the rest probably, of it, I think, is... I'm not surprised. I'm not, I'm not surprised. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> oh, so Scotland is also known for golf. You golf? Yes, I do. You do? I do, yeah. Okay. I used to play a lot of golf um, before I got into music, but it's it's something that I love to watch. I watch the British Open every year. I've been to several of them. I watch the Masters. I, I try to keep up with it. So, but you you really you kind of shined when you were a kid. You shined in soccer, what we call soccer, football. Yes, football. Yeah, what we call it football. Um, call, I was yeah. part of the Scottish national youth squad when I was sixteen years old, and that was re- that was really the first dream that I had was to become a professional football player. And you had scouts looking at you. I did from professional clubs, yeah, Celtic wow. and Hearts. And, so um, uh, the dream over here in the U.S. at least for most kids is they want to be a, a famous athlete. But you turned that down and you pursued a career in music. Yeah, I mean, it, what it was, things were looking quite promising at 16 years old. And my, my dad, he's a musician. He bought me a guitar when I was 16. And so I, I fell in love with music writing songs. Michael Jackson had been a, a really big influence on me as a child growing up. Um, and so when I got this guitar, I, be, I began to just explore songwriting. And my dad, I've been watching him. I learned a few chords, just kind of watching him self-taught and and things really just went from there. And from there, uh, at least from the, the research that I've done on you, yeah, um, you, you've been in touch with people like Steve Piccaro, Tell me yeah. about that because I, I talked to your uh, your manager yeah. and he was saying. So there's, so there's there's really kind of two two parts to my story. Uh, the first part is is coming to America, and the the second part is is coming to faith. And so I would say, I, I so I studied music, um, self taught musician. But when I was 18 years old, I went to Edinburgh to do a degree in pop music and discovered John Mayer. Uh, guitar, singer, songwriter, storytellers, that that type of a thing. Yeah. And so I, I studied a degree in pop music in Edinburgh. I got into John Mayer, discovered all that, and put a couple of songs on the internet. Just, you know, it was actually MySpace. I'm dating myself a little bit wow, there. Wow, yeah. I put a couple of songs in MySpace yeah. and um, got a phone call, got a message and then a phone call from a management company who offered to fly me out to Los Angeles. They heard my voice on the internet and wanted to fly me out to, to meet record labels and that that type of thing. And so I found myself within a few months of being out in Los Angeles. Um, I was I was in a session, a recording session, and a friend of Steve Percaro happened to be at that session and heard me sing. And he called Steve and said, hey, I think I've just found the guy who needs to sing on the demo tracks we're sending to Michael Jackson. 
Wow. And so I ended up meeting Steve and singing demo tracks for Michael. That He was pitching songs. He was pitching for Michael. That was back in 2008. So that's kind of a roundabout. I mean, you you grew up yeah. listening to him. and, and, and Well, it was, it was kind of a massive moment for me. So when I walked yeah. into Steve's studio and saw Thriller off the wall, all these albums that I had listened to time and time again on the wall, I just, I, you know, I was, I was kind of blown away by it. And obviously Steve has, has written on a lot of those albums, played in a lot of them and everything. And so it was, it was amazing. And Steve is also part a of founding member of Toto. Yeah. Toto. Yeah. And they've, they've released a new album. They're touring again as well. And yeah, I co-wrote four songs in his debut, Steve's debut album that came out in 2016, which was really quite an amazing thing. Cause Michael McDonald sings on it, sings one of the songs that I wrote too. So. Amazing. So you, you come over here. Yes. Somebody hears you on the internet. Yeah. What happens from there? I mean, you're, you're already like. So, like, do, so doors are kind of opening in the yeah. pop world. My dream is to make it in music and pop music. At this point, there's, there's no real in terms of. So I should mention as well. So I, I was brought up in a non-Christian family. So I don't come from a faith background. We were kind of nominal Catholic. We went to church probably once or twice a year, Christmas and Easter, if that. And, um, so I really had, I didn't really have any interest in God, Christianity, anything like that. But one, a, a strange thing happened. It was strange at the time, but I now see it was God's hand sure. on my life. Everywhere I went, people were talking to me about Jesus. This is in LA. This is in Los Angeles. Yeah. So I would be standing in line at Starbucks, you know, waiting. And uh, I turned around and this woman looked, looked at me and said, do you know Jesus? And I, I just sort of froze and said, well, I'm just here for hot chocolate. That was sort of <laughs> kind of my response that I, you know, I gave. And, um, but this, this went on and on, you know, I'd be in sessions, meeting record labels, different yeah. things, but everywhere I went, people, God was just sending all these, it seemed like God was sending. It was, and I think it was a, a recording session. Um, and the guitar player, this amazing guitar player was laying down some tracks on a song I'd written. And I remember saying to this guy after the session, I said, look, can you show me how you're playing this? So I was kind of badging him about guitar and chords and different things. Yeah. And he said to me, look, I just want to know, we'll get to that. I just want to know one thing. Will you come to church with me? And so at this point, I'm like, even the awesome guitar players are inviting me to church. So what's know. going through your head? I mean, I mean, like you said, everywhere you go, did, yeah. did anything like, well, did at, it at that point, I'm thinking people are in, in America, people in Los Angeles are just obsessed with God. <laughs> They're just obsessed with God. That's their thing. It's not my thing. Yeah. I'm not interested, which is actually quite funny because it's quite, I don't want to speak derogatory, but it's, it, that's not the case. It's the opposite. It's yeah. not the case. Yeah, exactly. And so I, I turned that guy down. I turned many people down. He, he must have been, I'd been invited 10, 15 times, even more than that to church in a short space of time. And um, I turned them down and I said, look, thanks, but no thanks. It's not for me. I said, look, I've got a photo shoot tomorrow. You know, back then I used to exercise a lot more than I do now. Probably should get back to that. But anyway, we all do. I um, I said I need to go and work out, and so I went to LA Fitness. Mm -hmm. And when I went there, I checked in, got away from all these crazy Christian people chasing <laughs> me down because I, it, it really wasn't for me. I thought at the time, and so I go to check in. I open my locker, and there's a book in this locker, and I look at this book, and it says on the front, "Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life." John 14, verse 6. And that, that was a really powerful moment because I remember just looking up and, and actually speaking to God, speaking to a God that I, I probably believed in or didn't know if I believed in it, but I spoke to God in that moment and I said, God, are you real? Is this you? Because I realized that this wasn't just a coincidence. You know, it, it, was, it was more than that. 
all these people coming. And so I made a promise and I said, God, if this is you and if you're real, the next person that invites me to church, I'll go to church. Thinking I've used up enough invitations for a lifetime, no one else is going to invite me. And two days later, later I got invited to, to a church service. So you had not grown up in church. You went maybe twice a year. Once or twice a year. Christian yeah. people bugging you. Well, I, I, remem I remember the priests from school. I remember them coming in on a Friday morning. We'd have assemblies and they would just, they would read through Matthew, Mark, Luke or John. And it would just be maybe a, a passage or a section of it. And I would, you know, and I wouldn't really understand it because nobody explained what it meant. It yeah. seemed almost just like a ritual or tradition. Yeah, right. And we all just sat there. Then we went to, went to class and nobody ever spoke about what Christianity was, what it meant, how it mattered in the real life. And so it, it, it never really had a place in my life. And, but, um, so yeah, it, it was certainly something that was new to me. Wow. So let's take a, a, a quick glance here of where you're at. You're, you're in LA. You've got all these opportunities unfolding. You've got Christians bugging you. So you're, you're, you're focused on your music career, yeah. which is looking really promising. Yeah. But on the other hand, you've got this, was it an empty spot or did you not even know what God was well, trying to do in your life? Two days later with some friends, I got an invitation to go to a church service. Yeah. And um, I said, okay, I'll go. Because I'd been invited so many and I'd made this promise to God. Of course, and so yeah. I, and so I show up at this church service, and um, I walk into the service. This was a Pentecostal service, so this was so I've went from like you know west coast of Scotland priests um, to people, you know, dancing down the aisles, hallelujah, you know, it was it was the deep end of, of charismatic. Yeah, I've been and, there. Um, it's kind of almost scary. Well, I, I remember saying to to my friend, the person I was with, I said, um, "Are these people sick?" Yeah. You know, and, and she said, well, some of them might be, but no, um, <laughs> actually they're just praising God. They're worshiping God and the Holy right. Spirit is helping them to worship God. I'd, but I'd never experienced that. So it was a little bit kind of intimidating. And so we went and sat down the front and um, I'll never forget this moment when the, the man that was preaching, uh, he said, we're going we're gonna to look at the Bible. We're going to look at Genesis chapter three. And so I'd, I had remembered that from Catholic school yeah, because at, Adam and Eve and the, the talking snake and the apple and everything. And I remember thinking, that's just a story. It's just a story. But as this man began to speak, it was in that moment where I realized that this wasn't just a story. This was something that explained why the world's the way it is. And I began to realize that I didn't know God. But I, I in that moment, I believed in God Um and I believed that the Bible was God's word. And so it was really a, a powerful moment. And that was really the first time as well that I'd, I'd heard the word sin. The word sin is some, something that I'd heard a lot about, but I'd never really heard it being in a way that was made relevant to me. And you spoke about emptiness and you spoke about um, having that hole in your life and you can't figure out what that's for. And in that moment, I think I realized, even though there was good things in my life, there was brokenness, yeah. there was emptiness, there was a dissatisfaction. And then this man said, that's because of your sin. Your sin has separated you from God. And it was in that moment where I understood that sin wasn't just a religious concept um, that Christian people or religious people used. It was a reality in my own heart and my own life. And, um, and yeah, it was, it was really emotional. And then it was in that moment he said, but there's good news. 
And that's why God sent his son Jesus to die mm. on the cross, to take your sin away. Yeah. And if you put your faith in Jesus, then you can know God. And that's why you were made. You were made to have a relationship with God. And, and so that's what I did in that moment. Wasn't looking for God, but God was looking for me. And so I, I, I guess he found me in that moment. And so it was amazing. That was just over 10 years ago. Wow. So you're in LA. You have asked the Lord to come into your life and change you. Yes. And you wanted to follow him. So what happened with the record label at that point? So at, at that point, I didn't have a record deal. So I, I was kind of in the process of meeting people. And um, so what happened was a week, a week and a half after that, I had this meeting with a, a major record label. And they, they basically offered me a record deal, a secular record deal yeah, to make pop music. And that had been my dream since I was 16 years old, you know. But I was this brand new Christian and trying to figure out, okay, I believe on a man who died on a cross and I want to live my life to honor him. I believe in Jesus, but what does that look like? And, and they were talking about how they wanted to market me and, and what kind of music they wanted to me to sing and put together. And so I was praying saying, God, is this really your plan? And I don't, I just had a, a feeling that it might not be the best thing for me, even though it was, a, had been my dream. And so I said, look, I need to go back to Scotland. I need to fly back and I need to just think about this. And so I told the, rec the label, I said, I'm going to come back in a couple of weeks, but just give me some time. They said, no problem. We'll give you two weeks. And so I'm Googling um, Christian churches in Scotland and JFK airport. We flew from LA I flew to JFK. And because I don't know if there's Christians in Scotland. I've never seen anything like. Wow. Yeah. Right. I haven't met any Christians in Scotland. A absolutely. Yeah. You know, and so I get back to Scotland. I find this church in Glasgow called Elam Pentecostal Church. And so I, I show up at this church and knock on the door and this woman answers the door. And she answers the door and uh, says, welcome. And I just kind of say, Jesus has saved me. That's my response. Jesus saved me. She says, well, that's wonderful. You've come to the right place. Come on in. And that woman was, was Lorna, who's here with us. So if you're, on, if you're watching this on YouTube, we have got Lorna who came all the way from Scotland just to be on the podcast. No, yeah. you, you did. No, 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 not at all. No, but I'll, I'll be honest. When, when I found out you were here after reading Jamie's bio, I was just blown away. I was so excited. And uh, just, just before we started this thing, uh, we're actually on your bus right now because it's the quietest place with the concert yeah. going on. And, and I said, uh, Jamie just got done with this set. And I said, would you want to join us? And uh, you graciously... My pleasure. Uh, oh, you, you're such a big part of the story. So he knocks on the door and it's you. Yeah. And, Tell us uh, about that. Well, so it's wonderful, isn't it? If you're organizing a church event and somebody comes to the door and says, hey, Jesus saved me. <laughs> like, yes, <laughs> come in. Uh, so, yeah, it was, it was funny, actually, because I, um, at that point, was part of uh, we we were both actually in the charismatic movement at that point i was part of a prophetic ministry and i was i started to introduce jamie to all these sort of christian men that i knew and guys his age and everything but i really felt the lord impress upon me that i was to go and pray with this young man that i was he just the lord just laid him on my heart and it wouldn't it wasn't really normal for me to, you know, say to a young man I've only just met, I think we should have a coffee. Um, but I did. I had a strong sense. And and so we went for a coffee and he told me his story and how he'd been saved and then said, obviously, he had an offer of this, this record, record deal. deal. Yeah. And so I said, well, let's pray. And then the Lord gave me a verse and I didn't 
you know, my Bible knowledge. Well, and, and this is what struck me when yeah. I read this. Okay, so I, I've heard people that, you know, they're, they're reading the Bible and a, and a verse just sticks out to them. And it's, it's, it's something really encouraging, um, just very powerful. But your verse to Jamie was what? Well, it's in the book of Leviticus, which is yeah. not, I have to say, one of my go-to books. Yeah, right. But I heard, I heard Leviticus, the scripture, um, and so I, and I didn't know it. So I just said, right, okay, Jamie, you know, we, we need to read this. So I'm reading this scripture, woman of great faith going, worry this, Lord, because it says, you shall not sacrifice your firstborn child to the gods of Molech. And I'm thinking, you New know, believer, this is the verse for him. That uh -huh. just didn't fit, right? But it, yeah, but I also know that yeah. God always speaks through his word. And yeah. so Jamie was kind of looking at me as if, it, well, you can, you can tell, you know, was looking like, okay, weird lady, thanks very much. Yeah, what what was going through your head when she's when she's reading this to you and and like this is well, I'm to thinking be your I just need I just need some practical advice. Yeah, and you're telling me about child sacrifice, <laughs> like <laughs> what? And so I, I think in that moment I I think I thought you were a little bit crazy. I think you'd be right. I probably still do think that. No, I'm just kidding. But I, I do I do remember seeing you know because I was also a bit like God if I was your PR agent I wouldn't have chosen that verse. Uh, yeah, uh, but I remember saying to Jamie. God always speaks through his word. Yeah. This is not really obvious right now, but God always speaks through his word. And and then that, that was the kind of last And you believe that, yeah, knowing that it was so odd, you believe yeah. that enough to say, I'm just going to say it. I'm going to tell him. Yeah. I think right from the beginning, since I've met Jamie, God has really been in our friendship and our, you know, I ha just had this, I hear from God clearly about Jamie. If that, all along our journey, you know, which I'm sure, you know, which you're going to ask and find out later on as the journey progressed. Yeah. I've heard clearly from the Lord in it. So it's been a privilege and a pleasure wow. to be in this place. So let's, let's pick that up. Let's hear your side of that. You, you just yeah, got and, so, and so, and so I'm just kind of like, well, she seems really nice, really nice person, but you know, a bit crazy. <laughs> and so I, I say, look, thank you very much, but I need to fly back out and, and make this decision. And so I find myself in a meeting surrounded by executives. I've got a lawyer next to me who's who's nudging me saying, you know, hurry up and sign this thing. What is wrong with you? But it was like God just closed my mouth. I literally, I couldn't speak. Um, and there's a sense of frustration in this meeting because the more time goes on, the, the record label were like, what is, why is this, this guy not just accepting this deal? Yeah. And eventually the guy out of frustration, he looks at me and he points and he says, look, you know, I don't know what your problem is, but there's people that would sacrifice their firstborn child for this opportunity. That was the words that came out of his mouth. And it that was, gives the, me chills. it was the verse that Lorna had shared yeah. the week, a few days before I'd he I headed out. And so, so my jaw hit the floor. And so I was blown away by this. And I'm thinking, why is that man, man saying the words that Lorna shared with me? And so in that moment, um, I remembered what she said, God speaks through his word. And so I knew clearly that God was saying, you need to say no to this record deal. This is not the path that I have for you. And so I just I just kind of apologized. I said, look, I'm sorry to waste everyone's time. There's a lawyer there and everything. I said, but um, this record deal is not for me. And I flew back to Scotland. Wow. Yeah, that's powerful because I think he's right. There are people out there that would just do just about anything 
to have that yeah. situation. And it, was, and, it was, and it was my dream as well. Exactly, but, yeah. But the thing is, God had spoken so clearly. And my, my faith wasn't just, I wasn't the kind of guy who was brought up in the church and who, it was a dramatic, it was a opening of the eyes. It was something so significant to the point where I said, even my, my dream, this thing that I have with Jesus, this, this joy, this hope, the power that I sense of the presence of God in my life is more important to me than, than what music was in that moment. That's how, how much of an impact Christianity had made, made in me at that point. And that's all on God. Yeah. That's not, that's not on me saying being faithful or I'm great. That's the goodness of God and the power Absolutely. of God in my life. And he yeah. gets the glory for that. Wow. You know, and I, I remember saying to my family, it was really difficult because my family, you know, my mum, my dad, my, my brother, they, they don't have that the same Christian faith that I have at, you know, at that time. And, yeah. and so they, they said, they were saying, look, are you signing the deal? Are we moving to America? What's the advance like? What's it? And I had to say to them, look, you know, God told me to say no. Wow. And what, what kind of, and then what kind of a loving God tells you to takes away your dream, takes away our dream and Absolutely. went through, went through that whole process of, of that conversation. So it was really, it was really rough in the beginning in that moment, but I knew that whatever path God had for me was going to be important that I, I walked on that path. So. Wow. That is so powerful. Not only, I mean, how he involved you, Lorna, in, in his plan for Jamie and I'm just, it's, it's amazing. And, it, and it's such a, had to be a faith builder to you yeah. to walk away from that deal going, you know, maybe I'm not quite sure what I just did. I recognize the importance of this, but I mean, what, what he did in that is, yeah. is just amazing. So, yeah. so you, you're back in Scotland. Back in Scotland, just in my bedroom with my guitar, just writing songs and trying to figure out what God wants me to do. At, at that time, I, I mean, I could count in one hand the amount of books that I've read, but when I, be, when I became a Christian, God gave me this appetite for the Bible. I yeah. began to read. I couldn't. I couldn't put the Bible down. I was reading and reading, and I began to feel a, a call to share the gospel. And so I began sharing the gospel, and um, with my family, with anyone I would meet, just evangelizing, sharing, trying to convince people that, that Jesus is real. You know, this isn't just a game. This isn't just a, some kind of religious yeah. thing. This is a real. Jesus is real. You know, He's changed my life, and so I began doing that, and was sensing a call to preach the gospel as well, and so I. I I spoke to my minister at the time. I should say I, I moved from the from the Pentecostal church to the Presbyterian church, which is you know an obvious transition. Sure, yeah. <laughs> not an obvious transition, I should say. Yeah, yeah. But I, I found myself um, just flourishing under the teaching of the Bible. This man was was uh, this particular church was unpacking the Bible, giving it in context, explaining what I never had from the Catholic church as a child, explaining what the Bible meant in context and how that applies to our lives today, and showing not making Jesus relevant because Jesus is relevant. He was showing the relevance of the gospel, and so my faith just exploded at that time, and um, I, I ended up moving down to London to to study at Bible College, wow. and so I was studying. Um, at a Bible college and I was on placement with a, a Baptist church in London on the staff. And so preaching at this Baptist church, and this is the second part, how I, how I came to America. So I've yeah. come to faith, but it's how I came to America. And so at the weekends I would busk on the streets of London. That's how I paid my rent. So busking, if you don't, if you're not familiar with what that is, it's performing, street performing. So I would stand in the street corner and just sing for my supper. You know, I would sing, kind of pop songs for a few hours, make five or 600 pounds. 
which is um, probably probably a, probably about seven hundred dollars, six or seven hundred dollars. Wow, US. from a Friday and a Saturday, yeah, yeah, US, yeah, singing. And then once my rent was paid, I would say, okay, God, the rent's paid. I'm just going to worship you. I'm just going to get the name of Jesus onto the streets of London. I'd share the gospel. I would I would sing Christian songs, and people would come up to me sometimes with tears in their eyes saying, you know, what are you singing about? And I'd say, you know, I'm singing about Jesus and, and he saved me and this is the gospel. And and it really was sort of powerful time of ministry. And I found myself saying, God, I don't even want to do the pop, the pop stuff anymore, but you know, I need to pay my rent. Yeah. You know, and it was in that moment, I showed up this one Saturday and I, I had that conversation with God. And I felt as though God gave me a, a verse, Matthew chapter six, verse 33. Um, says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added to you um, and he'll take care of it. And I, I just kind of went, are you sure? And so I, I even moved the guitar case to the side and I began to worship. My songwriting was becoming more Christian that year, leading worship in the church and preaching in the church and um, probably some hill song stuff, some Casting Crown stuff, you know, mm -hmm. some cover songs. Yeah. And I, within within an hour, there was a thousand, I'll put it into dollars, a thousand dollars in my guitar case. And that's not about the money. I'm not saying, hey, you know, sing about Jesus and you'll get rich. Clearly that's not the case. No. But it's I'm, I'm, what I'm saying is God was making it clear to me, if you honor me, if you put me first in your life, I'm going to provide for you. You just worry about putting me first in your music and in and, and your faith. So in that moment, my music and my faith came together. They collided, yeah. It came together. And I knew from now on, I phoned, I phoned Lorna, and I said, look, from now on, my music and my faith have to come together. And I, and all the way home, I kept thinking about Nashville. And the funny thing is, I thought Nashville was just country music. I had no idea. Sure. And so I said to Lorna, I said, look, I, I don't know why I keep thinking about Nashville. And she, sa she said to me, I think God's telling you to go to Nashville. And she said, who do you know in Nashville? I said, I don't know, I don't know anybody in Nashville. <laughs> I know people in Los Angeles in the pop world, but I know no I don't know anyone in Christian music. Yeah. That's the other thing. So so I Googled Christian music, Nashville, and it, it came up, obviously, the home of Christian music. And I discovered yeah. there was an industry and there was other people writing songs about Jesus. And and so so Lauren, with Lorna's encouragement, I saved up enough money to fly out 2016. So the two of us um, flew out together with we booked a four-week trip with enough money for one week with no contacts and we were in the Super 8 hotel. Lorna was cold calling. I'll give her the microphone for a second. She was cold calling churches. Um, so you guys came over to the U.S., flew into Nashville with no... Wings and prayers. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but but God has proven himself to you that He's 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 got a plan for you. So you arrive in Nashville yeah. and you're cold calling... Yeah, I was playing the Braveheart, William Wallace card, everything. I was just going through <laughs> church directories. Hi, we're your Scottish cousins. We're related to William Wallace. Can we just asking if anybody could even put us up because we didn't have enough money to last. Sure, yeah. You know, um, and, and I remember 79 churches sort of said no. And then on the 80th, I phoned this small Baptist church and just left an a message on his answering machine saying, you know, could you get back? Just, you know, we're, we're two Scots, we're over. Uh, we just need somewhere to crash, even just to floor. And um, it's funny, Stephen Gamble, the pastor, now said he would never normally have responded to just a message on his answering machine sure. from someone he didn't know. Yeah. But he said he just felt as if the Holy Spirit was like, you need to phone 
this person. So he phoned me. I said, could you even like just ask your congregation if someone could put us up, even for a couple of, because we're getting really desperate. We, yeah, we right. had, uh, we had to get out. We'd like, we'd nowhere to stay the next, the next uh, night. So, um, yeah, so he put it out and I get a phone call and Jamie's sitting opposite me and I get a phone call and I'm going, great, super. And he's like, yes, if we've got somewhere, we've got somewhere to stay. I'm like, yeah, we've got somewhere to stay. And this woman phoned me and said, you guys can come. You can stay as long as you like. This is my husband, me. We've got a dog. Is that okay? I'm like, sure, the dog's okay. She said, and my 11 children. <laughs> I'm going to Jamie. Whoops. We're going to Walden Mountain. What is this? <laughs> but it really... And I'm like, what's, but, what's happened? What's wrong? You know. But you know what? Really, it just really spoke to both of us that this family actually didn't have room for us, right, and yet they just yeah. made room. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. actually, just reached out as brothers and sisters in Christ and made room and put us up. And we had so much fever, so much fever on that trip. Um, speaking to the guy who from the car rental. I asked him if he knew Jesus. He he was so broken and he'd kind of actually been away. And the conversation sparked this big conversation, wow. praying with the guy. And then he said, you know what? I'm off for the next few days. I just feel I want to offer my car and my services to you. And we had just been offered a label meeting, but had no money to get to the place. And this guy said, I'll drive you to that meeting and I'll drive you back because Jesus is at work. So, so many times the Lord just kept Wow. Supernaturally providing yeah. for us through our brothers and sisters in Christ. Yeah. Unbelievable. You know, I mean, I can't imagine this journey. I, I've uh I've I've read what I could yeah. on your bio. I had no idea that it went this deep and all of the the ways that God was providing as you stepped. And that's the key, is that I think a lot of people are hearing the same things from God, but they're not moving. And you guys were well, it's, it. it's kind of like, you know, you take one step and uh, God just shows you enough. He gives you enough confidence to right. keep moving in the direction he wants you to move in because it's about faith, isn't it? It is. And Absolutely. So, wow. So what's uh, what's the end of the story? I mean, obviously so, we know the end, but how did you get yeah, from there to here? And so we, we kind of went from having no money, no contacts to, we stayed with this, this lovely family with the 11 children first and then. We ended up moving to a family in Franklin. Yeah. Uh, with a family in Franklin. And we had just gotten a meeting with Provident Label Group, which was in Franklin. And so we we found ourselves. And the cool thing was the family we stayed with, they said, look, um, the Gordon family said, look, you guys can use the truck. You can drive around town. And they just, it, it was just amazing provision. And so we, we went into the record label and, uh, I'd sent in a demo. And so, yeah, they heard the demo and they said, look, you know, we'd love to meet you. And the funny thing was I had, I had tried to contact a lot of people from Los Angeles, people that I had met in the, in the pop world to say, hey, do you, did you, any of you guys know anyone in Nashville that's in Christian music? And of course, none of them are, are Christians sure. uh, or in the Christian industry, rather, right. I should say. Right. Um, and so they said, look, we don't know anyone. But there was this one guy, just one one man. I'd never actually met him in person. Um, it was he's a record producer called Bruce Irvine, um, and he he said he has a faith, and so he said to me, "Look, there's a, a record label called Provident Label Group. Would you like to meet them?" And I said, "Yeah, well, that's what we're trying to do. I'd love to meet them." And so he sent over, we sent the demo 
into the label and he was talking to them at the same time. And it was through that guy that in my past from seven years ago, eight years ago that I met in Los Angeles that actually helped get that meeting. And so, you know, God really wasted nothing. It was really quite amazing. Wow. And uh, in the meeting, yeah, we just, just connected uh, with Blaine. He's my A&R guy. And, and so Lorna had always prayed, I'll let you share this bit. I think because um, on the way out, we, you know, we'd been praying that God's will would be done, that if there was a, a record label, uh, whatever. And my prayer was always that I would see the, that it would be the right label because they would really get Jamie. Like I, I have loved Jamie's music since, in fact, even before I heard it, honestly, God gave me a love in my heart for his music, for his ministry long before I even heard it. Yeah. Um, so I was really passionate at that time I was managing Jamie, but just really pretend managing. We were making up as we went <laughs> along, but um, on this journey. And my prayer was that I would see that the person at the record label would get it, would love his music and it wouldn't just be a... So I spent the time when Jamie was singing and additioning, if you like, for the label looking at Blaine, the A&R guy. And Blaine was just digging it, just absolutely digging wow. his music. And he'd be a terrible poker player. And because it was just all over his face, you know, he was just <laughs> loving it. And that really encouraged me because I felt, again, yeah. it was another answer to prayer to just wow. guide us on the right. So, yes, that was really cool. Yeah, and so it was, um, I'd played them a few songs and, and they had me write with a couple guys. I think Lorna actually flew back. She flew back first to Scotland. And I was kind of waiting out to find out what the result of, of this, this meeting was going to be. And I remember I was sitting, I'll never forget this, sitting downtown Franklin. I was sitting in Starbucks, sitting right in the corner. And um, my phone rang and it was it was Lorna on the phone. And she said, I'd, oh, sorry, I'll tell you this before I say that. I was, I'd been praying to God. I said, God, if I could be off of the record deal before my birthday, it was going to be my birthday in a few days time. That would be amazing. Um, I'd love to fly back home and, and be, have this offer. And I get a phone call and I pick up the phone and Lorna says, how does it feel to be offered a record deal and a publishing deal from Sony Provident Music? And I said, you better not be, are you kidding me? And she said, <laughs> better I, not. I am not, I'm not kidding you. <laughs> and I just, I, I think I, I probably cried. It was, it was yeah. just a powerful moment. And so I got to fly back home and to celebrate my birthday with my family, with my mum, with my dad, and to say, guys, when God, take something away. It had been seven years, almost wow. exactly, since I'd t turned down the first record deal to this moment yeah. of being offered the second one and got to celebrate with him. When God takes something away, he always brings something better. And so it's, it's been a powerful thing. And, and my whole family's been on a journey with it. And they've always supported my music. And actually, my mum got to come out and, and my dad got to come out to, to a concert, both of them on this Casting Crowns tour. And they've gone from seeing oh, awesome. me singing about the house and singing locally to seeing me singing arenas yeah. about my faith, my Christian faith and about yeah. Jesus and to share in that journey. So it's, it's been very special. And to have Lorna out as well has just meant so much to me too. And I should say, prize worth fighting for, I co-wrote the song with Lorna too. Um, and in fact, four of the six songs in my new EP, Jesus on the Radio, Love Your Neighbor, and Down, we wrote together. So Yeah, I knew that you had, had some that you'd wrote together. Uh, how amazing. I saw you tonight sitting there watching Jamie on stage, and you had your, you had your camera videotaping not only him but the crowd and just this whole atmosphere. Mm. How does that feel to you? I mean, after this whole journey... 
I mean, I can't even fathom. This is like a Hollywood it's, movie. Yeah, I just, I feel, I feel so proud of Jamie. Um, for I know the journey, and I know, and this is a, you know, this is a sort of highlighted, potted version. But I know the, I know the the dark days of doubt and despair, and having turned down a record deal. And it's easy now to say seven years, and there we go. But seven long years of not knowing what God's going to do then, of having all this talent, and nowhere to showcase it. So yeah. I am so proud, and when I see him up on stage and hear him up on stage and it's yeah it's a it's a buzz that I get to co-write and to hear people singing words that I, I've written yeah blows me away yeah but the biggest thrill for me is having walked with Jamie from the baby Christian stage to the man of God that he is now to hear him on stage proclaiming the gospel to be encouraging people to open up their hearts and their lives to Jesus. I'm just so proud. I'm just so proud. And uh, yeah, and and he's also growing as a performer. And you know, I, yeah, it's it's a blast and I'm loving it. And I'm so grateful to be out here. This is icing and cake. So from a knock on a church door to sitting on his tour bus now, playing in front of thousands of people a night, how cool is that? But you're doing it because God's changed your life and you want to tell people about that. That's yeah. that's what's amazing. Um, yeah, that's right. I just was going to say that, um, I, I don't know, Prize Worth Fighting For was his first single release and it went to number 10. Yeah. And, you know, that, that was amazing. I think one of the things, just when you said that, for whoever is listening to this podcast, there's so much that God does. I mean, I'm I'm in a wheelchair and have been for five years now, but it wasn't always. And I miss dancing and cartwheeling. I don't know why I cartwheeled, but I did. I never stood still. <laughs> and so my life has completely changed. Jamie's gone through the struggles that he did. And it's, it's a thrill, actually, for me that God would take our broken pieces. The It's... It's not an easy journey being in a wheelchair, um, but there's joy in the suffering too. And I think prize worth fighting for, for both of us, co has come out of the struggle. Yeah. And the days when every choice is an act of war, because sometimes you feel like staying in bed or you feel like being angry or you feel, do you know what I mean? But you have to make that choice to do and say and think what God wants you to. So it's an absolute privilege. Prize worth fighting for means so much to both of us. Um, and it's just wonderful to get to see and hear Jamie perform it. You know, I started the podcast and I mentioned how most of us are broken more than we want to admit. And I, I think that was so fitting, uh, what you just said. And, and, yeah. and that God used that song um, to climb the charts. That's cool in itself. But how many people have heard that and have been touched by that and, and changed by that? What, yeah. what, would you, what would you want to share with those that are listening right now? through this whole journey yeah i mean prize worth fighting for so it, so i spent my whole life chasing chasing after whether it was money whether it was acceptance to to be loved to be successful um and i finally found the prize that is worth fighting for mm. you know yeah. and it's you know I, I spent a long time running away from god even even as even as a Christian, sometimes as well, I I can find myself, um, because we struggle and we have burdens and we Absolutely. have things that 
that are painful and things that are hard. But it's like Lorna was saying earlier, it's, it's through the trial and it's through the heartbreak and it's through the pain that God is doing something in our lives. He is yeah. He's building our faith um, and he has a plan and a purpose for it. And so, you know, G- Jesus says, come to me and, and lay your burdens down and I'll give you rest. And so that's that's something that I need to remind myself of every day. You know, and so really that's that song came out of a place of of needing to to find hope in the midst of of the pain and of the suffering. And to know that we have a God who's bigger than our circumstances, who invites us to bring those burdens to him. Yeah. At your concert, you have oh, yeah. the wristbands. And I I, yes. I grabbed one tonight and uh as a reminder as well, because it's such a fitting. I actually grabbed one too. I've got one on too. Hey, yeah, Lorna, where's yours? You need, <laughs> you need to get you one. Allison's got one over here. Um, wow, uh, this has been this has been amazing. I, I'm so grateful for you guys. What's next for Jamie Kimmett? Uh, so next we have. So I'm going to take a few days off, which is, I mean, this six weeks has been absolutely incredible. But I'm, I mean, I know I'm only on stage for 15, 20 minutes maximum, but it's, 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 you're always on yeah. when you're on the tour. And, yeah. and it's, it's, um, so yeah, we're going to have a few days traveling. We're going to go to Niagara Falls, which should be incredible, and New York and Washington, D.C. And so, yeah, it's going to be really fun. And then I'm going to, I'm going to go on tour with Citizen Way. Yeah. So I have a, I have some shows with them through yeah. November and then, a Christmas tour with seventh time down. And then hopefully next year we're, we're recording through January and we're looking to hopefully release an album um, in the new year. So very excited about that and excited about the songs and the messages that God is, is giving to me uh, to share. Jamie, where can listeners find you first of all online and where, where can yeah. they iTunes anywhere? Right? Yeah, I, I do. I have a website, which okay. is uh, jamiekimmett.com. Okay. Two M's and two T's and Kimmett. And I'm also on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter. And it's the same handle for all of them. It's just facebook.com, twitter.com forward slash Kemet Music. Same with Instagram as well. So, okay. And I have a YouTube station too. We actually, we just released. So Burdens is my new single. It's um, been sent out to radio. So hopefully all radio stations will play it. And there's a, new, a music video on yeah. YouTube as well. So, uh, And it fits so well with this. Wow, I wish we blessing. had more time, but we're running out of time here. Yeah. Um, so listen, guys, uh, if, if this has touched you in any way, you need to get this album, especially knowing the story uh, that has happened with Jamie and Lorna and um, and get a hold of these songs. I know they'll encourage you. Um, go to his, his website, uh, check out his story, uh, check out the tour, find out where he's going to be and, and, and make sure you're following him on social media so that you know where he's going to be next and when that next album is going to come out. I can't wait. I can't wait. Jamie, thank you for joining us. Lorna, thank you so much. Such Mike, a, thanks such a for joy. having us. It's been a blessing. Ah, absolutely. been a blessing for me. You guys uh, will be watching for more. Uh, this is just uh, the beginning of your journey. Yeah, we're praying for you guys too. Thank you. Thank you.